Something to do with falling overboard, perhaps. The currents around the island were notoriously tricky. She felt the vibration beneath her feet as the boat's engines started to churn. Eric gave her a friendly wave and dashed more sweat off his forehead. There was no veiled look of masculine speculation in his expression, no sly wink or grin. When he got back to the airport, he and his co-pilot, John Banner, would not make any comments about the boss going off with one of his girlfriends. No one on Martin's staff had ever mistaken her for one of Martin's many lovers. His women tended to be tall, willowy, and blonde. She was none of those things. She was just the hired help. Officially, she was Martin's butler, the one person who traveled with him everywhere. She kept his life organized and oversaw the operation of his many residences— most important, she supervised the entertaining of his friends, business associates, and the occasional visiting politician, lobbyist, or head of state. She raised her hand in farewell to Eric and squeezed back tears. Regardless of what happened today, she knew that she would never see him again. The boat slipped gracefully away from the dock, headed toward the entrance to the small harbor. Like many who moved in the stratospheric circles inhabited by those of great wealth, Martin owned several houses and kept a number of apartments in various locales around the world. The Miami mansion was his main residence, but the place he considered home was the small island he had purchased a few years ago. The only way to get to it was by boat. There was no landing strip, just a single dock. Unlike his other residences, which were always maintained in a state of readiness, Martin kept no staff on the island. The house was much smaller and far more modest than his other dwellings. He considered the place his private retreat. Once past the stone pillars that marked the harbor entrance, Martin revved the engines. The boat picked up speed, slicing eagerly through the turquoise blue water. He was busy at the wheel, not paying any attention to her as he concentrated on piloting the craft. She heightened her other senses and took another look at his aura. The dark energy was stronger now. He was getting jacked up. The boat felt very small around her. There was nowhere to hide, nowhere to run. She had known for days, weeks, if she was brutally honest with herself, that Martin was planning to get rid of her. She was even sure she knew why. Nevertheless, some small part of her had clung to the slender thread of denial, even as it unraveled. Maybe there was some logical explanation for the disturbing changes in his aura. Maybe the new darkness was the result of mental illness. As dreadful as that possibility would be, at least it would allow her the comfort of knowing that he was no longer in his right mind, that the real Martin would never plot her death but her own finely honed survival instincts had refused to let her deceive herself any longer. Martin might have had some affection for her at one time, but deep down she had always known that their relationship was rooted in her usefulness to him. Now he had concluded that she had become a liability, so he was going to get rid of her. In his mind, the situation was not complicated— She stood at the stern and watched the harbor and the small town grow smaller and smaller. When they became tiny, indistinct blobs, she turned around. Martin's private island was very close now. She could make out the house perched on the hillside. 
Martin slowed the boat and brought it neatly alongside the wooden dock. Get the lines, Martin said sharply, his attention on maneuvering the boat. That did it. For some inexplicable reason, the simple routine order flipped the last switch somewhere in her head. The unholy brew of pain, sadness, disbelief, and mind-numbing fear that had been swirling through her in alternating currents for days was suddenly swept away by icy cold rage. Her other senses leaped violently in reaction to the adrenaline rush. The son of a bitch was planning to murder her. Now, today. Sure thing, Martin, she said, amazed by how cool and controlled she sounded. But then she'd had a lot of practice concealing her emotions and reactions behind a gracious, exquisitely polite facade. She could have given a geisha lessons. But she was no geisha. She grabbed the stern line, stepped...